podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to episode four of the Leeds That Podcast. This is our first proper podcast episode. Uh, our previous one was just our pilot. We were just testing. So this is the first time that we've actually sat down and done this properly. Uh, we've listened to all of your feedback and ignored it. And um, So you can expect another uh, round of um, several games. We've got some features. We've got some chat about what's been going on around the club over the past couple of weeks. And I'm joined here around my kitchen table by Andy. Hiya. James. Hello. Paul. Hiya. And I'm Matt. And this is Leeds That. Okay, four points then from the opening two games of the season. Obviously, we would have liked it to have been six, but how do we think we've started? What? How do you think the season's going to pan out based on what we've seen so far, Andy? I think we'll be fine. I think we look good. We, we attack well. We defend well. We look confident. I think we've got more ammunition coming off the bench. I think we'll be fine. Um, would have obviously liked to get a home win to get it rolling, but, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? Maybe it's um, arrogance, but every team does want to beat us and it makes the task of winning games even more uh, challenging for us this season. But I think if we can get our new players through fairly quickly and performing at a high level, I think we'll be all right. I think we're still a bit scarred by last season. I think that dropping points, even at this early stage, hurts more than it ever has done because we know that we built up all of those points last season and it still went wrong. As fans or the team? I think as fans, yeah, definitely as fans. I'm sure the team are level-headed about it. I hope they are anyway, because that's their job. But for us, um, you want to, we, we want to be racing away. We, I, I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that we need to get to Christmas and be even further ahead than we were last season so that we can have another bad end of the season and just scrape past. But obviously, it could be completely different. We've already had a better start than Norwich had last year. And uh, four points every two games is promotion form. Killed it. Mic drop. So the transfer window closed, slammed shut this Thursday. Um, Why is it always slammed shut? It's a window, isn't it? It could shut gently, but it shuts, it slams at five o'clock. I'll slam a door, but I wouldn't slam a window. Would a window shatter if you slammed it? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Is it UPVC, Paul, does it say? (laughs) Is it UPVC window? It's transfer window. Definitely double glazed. Ah, good. It's usually double glazed at Leeds, can't get through that. Unless you are Kima Roof, Bailey Pickup Farrell and the 29 other people that... There was a lot, wasn't there? Left. It was in the 20s. Fair point. Have we bought Barnsley then? Do they belong to us? Because not technically, I don't think. Okay. I'm not sure you can buy someone when they pay you money. They've got all that, it's like our under-23s now, isn't it? Barnsley. Barnsley. What's the, what's the definitive list? Malik Wilkes. Yeah. Apple Harn. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Clark Smell. Alex Mowat's there. Clark Odell. Too clever for you, that one, it, Matt. Yeah. Um, who else has gone there? No one, but I think I think the uh, the, the big rumour, well, it wasn't a rumour, they were in talks with uh, Tom Pearce, but he ended up going to Wigan. But the thing with that that I don't understand is you'd think, oh, the talks are broken down. That's the, It might be a thing between the clubs, but then we go straight and sell them Clark Odell. So it clearly isn't a... That must have been a player decision. There was no ill feeling. Yeah. He'd been playing quite a bit in pre-season and looking all right. Clark Smell. Yeah. Smell. He went to Australia. We had this conversation the other day, didn't we, that there seems a sense of just tidying things up at Ellen Road nicely. And it could be for various reasons. It could be financially for some sort of takeover in the future. 
or is it just for FFP? Who knows? Well, Angus has been, uh, Angus Kinnear has done a couple of interviews this week with the YEP and with The Athletic, which we're going to talk about shortly, um, where he's really said that the headline figure is, we can't afford to just have the players sitting around anymore. So if they've got to the point in the development where they're not ready to break into the team and he doesn't see them making that big impact, then they've used the window to, to help them move on. One of, the, one of the things I like about the under-23s at the moment, and I think it's probably because of Orta and Bielsa that this happens, but they treat it with the same level of seriousness as the first team. So they're trying to build a, an 11, a team, you know, that will, will actually succeed. So yeah. if, if a player's not good enough, they'll sell them and bring another one in. Um, and I think that in the past, we've probably had 50-odd youth players and whoever's the youth team manager will pick their favourites or whoever they think is going to do a good job. But we're trying to build a, an 11 that could step up to first team uh, all as one unit. Yeah, and if they're all training in the same manner across those teams as well, it is literally just a step up, isn't it? It's like right now you're in the first team, you're still playing in the same manner. Yeah, which is why Bielsa is quite happy having quite a small first team squad because he knows that he's got um, a, a good team of 11 players there that can just step in. And we saw that last season. Hopefully we won't need to see it quite as much this season. We'll be a bit luckier on injuries. Yeah, and you're right. I think you said that they've brought in players that could step up and make the Ilkins at first team. And that, that bogus looks like he's going to be great. You, you've touched on that, James, haven't you, previously, saying how you think he's going to play a big part. Yeah, and I think there is that element of some fans saying that we're not spending money and they see like the shedding of players. But in terms of the wage bill, that's gone up massively, hasn't it? So the club is investing. It's just not, you know, it's not, uh, you can't see it because it's not a £20 million signing or... I think that we're taking our responsibility financially very seriously as a club. So you would hope that we haven't agreed to spend £15 million on Helder Costa without mm. knowing where the money's coming from. And given that we have had quite a lot of people leave for quite a lot of money, you would think that the £15 million is already factored in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if, uh, I think Matt would say that I probably am, but like blindly optimistic and just when the authority people authority people like the owners <laughs> people the, in authority those guys say this is what we're doing it for I'm just like yeah yeah that, that seems reasonable I accept that and when you read the message boards and speak to some of the Leeds fans I don't know if that some people are just anti-authoritarian and they're just like absolutely this is ridiculous where's all the money gone because some people have said that for years where's the where's the Delft money it's built supposed to build this where's the rest of the wood money and I'm we've got owners who are saying we are balancing the books. This is the way we're doing it. They feel like they've been relatively transparent about is, it. And is, I'm just accepting of it. Is that right though? Or are they just doing the whole PR machine nice and clean and then they're going to get rid of it at the end of the season? Are they, are they just clearing the decks and line their own pockets? Or are, is this true? Are they? What, what are they? Are they little PR machines? Can, or? I, think, I think the difficult thing is that they're so far ahead of the owners that we've had for the previous 10 to 15 years that... It's hard to come at them critically, for me anyway, not for a lot of our, our other fans, as you'll see if you've been on Twitter. Um, I think that, you know, compared to a lot of club owners at other clubs and our club previously, they're doing a very good job. But I, I don't think that means that we have to take everything that they say as, no. as, as absolutely fact. No, I fully agree. But just the level of which they've cleared the decks, it, it is nice, but it seems like housekeeping to me. Possibly. I mean, you've got to remember... Andrea Rabrizani is a businessman. What he does is buy things and sell them for more money. You know, that that tends to be the case. But you've got to look at it and think all the kind of improvements that have happened around the ground, 
uh, all the things that they're trying to do more for the fans, you know, like so Centenary Square that they're doing at the moment and all the stuff around Billy. Uh, granted, it's it's revenue in the club, but they're nice things. They're, they are trying to connect with the fans. What he could have done is just done on-team stuff to get us promoted and then leave, but it seems like he's trying to sort of mould the whole club, isn't he? You know, He's doing the house up. Yeah, He's getting it all tidy. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's making it nice for people who want to come and have a little look around. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure... I, it is a clearing of the decks of sorts, but I don't think that it's unusual. I think that it's something that we needed. We already had a load of players on the books from before Bielsa's time. Bielsa clearly wasn't interested in. Most of them were sent out on loan last season and needed sorting out this season. As we've already touched on, the under-23s is like a conveyor belt anyway. So we'll have players coming through from the under-18s into that squad. We'll need to clear out some of those. And then in the first team, it's been fairly, um, you know, equal in the amounts of outgoings to incoming. So I don't. it doesn't feel like a... A huge clearing of the decks to me. Just on that, did we ever get rid of Sea Biscuit? No, I think he's still at the club. Right. There's a couple. Vernon um, Anita is another, is he? Yeah, you know, no Kane. On the face of it, the only one where they probably think they've made a poor business decision was with, with Roof, whereby they got to a point whereby, because they couldn't agree a contract, they had to cash in. And so when the offer came in, it was time to move him on. They couldn't do anything, but it's the only one where they weren't, they hadn't planned well enough to see it coming that they should have had that sorted. Whereas with the other ones, I think Bielsa's at least had a a big say in the decisions in the squad because you had that story break this week about how someone had asked him about the squad and he'd written it down on a piece of paper at the end of last season. And it's almost identical to the squad that we've got with the odd exception. Do you think Roof realises that he's gone to Belgium? Because the way he was talking about <laughs> it, going, I've signed for Anderlecht, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, thinking, what are you on about? Has he got them confused with Ajax? What are you saying about Kima Roof's intelligence? It's similar to mine. <laughs> uh, no offence to a bloke, but he's not exactly going to pull up trees on Mastermind, is he? I, I just think he's got confused. And I've seen his Instagram, he likes cars. I reckon if his subject was cars... On Mastermind, he'd be all right. Or dogs. He likes wandering around the Anderlecht training complex as well. I've seen that on his Instagram. But he's just kind of gone, oh, Vincent Company is good. I can't wait to work with him. But you're working with one of the best coaches of all time currently. Why are you going to a complete unknown entity who was coached under somebody who said that Bielsa was their hero from Guardiola? I met a uh, Belgian gentleman on holiday who was... Where's this going? You'll see. Um, And this was before any of the roof uh, stuff broke. And we were watching... We watched the Cagliari... Cagliari? The Chilino Derby. We watched the Chilino Derby together and and he he didn't really know much about Leeds United, but he was talking about Belgian football and that it is in an atrocious state, but they have this hope now that with company coming in, it's going to raise the profile and uh, a genuine belief that it can bring it back to where they believe it has been in the past. And this is Vincent Company, who's left Manchester City to go. Is he sport sporting director there? or it's Gaffer. He's player, is he actually? Player oh. manager. Wow. And I'm pretty sure he's lost every game so far. They haven't had a terrific start. You only need to look at Lawrence de Bock to see how, uh, how bad Belgian football is. Oh, he, my days. Where's he, he gone? Greece? Yeah. I won't try and pronounce that one. But just going back to Kimar Roof, he's one of those players that I really got wrong when he first started at the club. I wasn't a massive fan of his. I thought he had a bad attitude. I thought he was 
I thought he was a bit lazy. And the, the more that he was at the club, the more I realised that it wasn't so much laziness. It was just he was really laid back and chilled out. And that's why he, he's gone to Belgium. He's like, yeah, there we are. I'm at Anderlecht. Next step of the career. Great. You just look at his social media. He's just a happy-go-lucky kind of chap. So um, I think that as long as uh, Eddie Nketiah is a, a good replacement, I think we've got to say a fond farewell to Kimo. I'm going to say, let's let's have a quick focus on the incomings then. Um, and Ketia looks good from what I've seen on YouTube. James, you were talking to an Arsenal fan who's a bit wounded that he's gone. Is that right? Yeah, um, I think the general feeling there is that he is the new Thierry Henry, the new Ian Wright uh, by Arsenal fans. That's Massive. Yeah, they, they honest, genuinely feel like he is huge potential. And then when you kind of watch any pundits talking about him on, on TV, which I've done the last couple of days, um, they are all talking about the fact that Arsenal were genuinely weighing up keeping him to play in the Premier League for them this season, you know, ahead of Aubameyang. Um, but they've just signed someone in the last couple of days, haven't they? Um, Pepe, is it? I want to say Pepe. Yeah, he's a winger. Um, and so they felt that his chances were going to be limited, so he, they, they want him to go out and progress. So I, I think we're really lucky when you read into it that we've we've got him, and um, I hope he has a cracking season for us. The people have been saying and kind of comparing it as a Tommy Abraham-style kind of signing, haven't mm, they? Yeah. I think watching his highlights as well, you know... The sort of players in our league, you see them being very good um, one-sided players, you know, either right or left-footed. But he is genuinely good at finishing and moving with both feet and it's exciting to watch. And I think the the sort of standard of defenders he'll come up against in our league will will struggle against him. And where's he going to play? Back up to Bamford or push him for a first team? Or is he going to try and fit Bamford and, and Ketcher into the same team? Because he did have Bamford and Roof in the same team a couple of times during pre-season. I'd, it's really, it's tough to know, isn't it? Um, I think he's not going to play him to begin with. This is, <laughs> I think he's going to be on the bench. That's be else away, isn't yeah. it? This is one of those footballing cliches, but it's a great headache to have, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And we haven't had uh, this sort of headache. We've had injury headaches. So yeah, it is a, it's a nice headache. It's a, a sturdy migraine. <laughs> So go on then, what about this keeper? Is he a fair replacement for uh, BPF? He's a complete unknown entity to me, but apparently he's worth 10 million quid if we sign him. Do we need to say anything about BPF? Are we sad? It seems like good money. Yeah, for somebody who's unproven. He had good moments last season, but they were just good moments. It's almost the keeper equivalent of the Jack Clark move, except we haven't loaned him back. He's a player who might turn out to be fantastic. He might turn out to be totally hopeless and we've got money for him so we have to kind of take that and if the new guy we've brought in on loan I'm not sure whether we can get him permanently afterwards although not, there is an option, there is an option. Buy, yeah. I think for 10 million quid which is a big well, old chunk I think isn't it? someone I think maybe Monaco put a 10 million euro bid in for him previously so that's going on that valuation so it just depends the thing about keepers leaving is that I'm never as gutted in the same way as outfield players because you could see their impact more um, uh, and he's not English and as an English supporter it's not like he's going on and I'm good because he's become the England national keeper and he's making amazing save for he's Northern Ireland and he's already got that position held down so great for him but I'm never going to go on and see the impact he has for other clubs and see him making the headlines in the same way that goal scorers do yeah mm. and he's only gone to Burnley I mean Burnley are, are due to drop out of the Premier League soon they've been there long enough now for by their standards so Burnley have had their house 
firmly in order and an incredibly well-run club and they're well-designed to stay as a bottom end of the Premier League. Uh, they might be well-designed, but are they good enough? You look at what's beneath them and uh, I, I would suspect yes this year, but I'm very happy to be proven it's wrong. Leeds United due to overtake Burnley. There's my prediction. I think the most disappointing thing about the transfer window this year, and it might work out perfectly well, but it also could be the thing that... Um, is the undoing of us at the end of the season, is the fact that we've swapped permanent players for loans. We've got so many, much of our business of the in the transfer window has been on loans that at the end of the season, we really are going all, all or nothing this year at the end of the season, these players going back to their clubs. Yeah. Players that we've got permanently now that we don't think we're going to be able to hold on to, Calvin Phillips being the most obvious one. So if we, if, if we get to this time next year and we haven't gone up... Poo or bust. Yeah, it is. It is all or nothing, isn't it? Because you look at the equivalent of Villa versus Derby. Villa loaned a lot of players. They've gone up, but Derby also a similar boat. Yeah, and, they've know. got a betting company paying for their players, aren't they? But let's not talk about that. Well, it's, it's fitting, though, isn't it? Because it is a gamble. That's a, that's all it is. Getting out of the championship. Mm-hmm. Do we gamble on some high-profile loans? Hope that we go up this season. It feels like that's what we've done. Right, guys, I've got a game for us. Anyone excited? Yes. Yeah. Right, inspired by the transfer window, none of it closing. And rednecks. Well, I thought this game would be apt to introduce now. And as you say, Matt, this piece, if I don't say so myself, genius, was derived from the hit classic Rednecks banger of the 1990s, Cotton Eye Joe. And it goes a little something like this. Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Right, guys, so who's pumped? I'm well pumped for this. Brilliant. So the premise of this game, I'll talk you through it, is I'm going to name you some players that have graced, or in some cases disgraced, the famous white shirt at Ellen Road. And all you've got to do is tell me where we signed them from and where they went from there permanently. So loans do not count. Ooh. All right. So first up, let's start nice and easy. Can I, can I just ask a couple of clarifying questions, please, Andy? Yes, please do. <laughs> How do we win this game? Winners are grinners. If you're smiling, everyone <laughs> okay. okay. Right. So let's start nice and easy. Kamar Roof. Where do we sign him from? Where did he go? Please all chip in. The floor is open. Uh, came from Cambridge. No. Oxford. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Close. The university battle. Yes, he came from Oxford. That is correct. Where did he go? Andelect. What a game this is, eh, guys? I can tell you're all buzzing. So let's step it up a notch. Now, known for celebrating his goals via a somersault and being the cousin of Newcastle and Congo favourite, Lomano Lualua. Trezor Candol, where did we sign him from? Barnet. Correct. Nice. Now, he had loan spells at Charlton and Millwall, and he made 60 appearances for Leeds, but over 60 appearances, scoring 14 goals, according to Wikipedia. So where did he go on a permanent? Can't remember this one. Come on, guys. Millwall. Ah, he went on loan there. I told you that one. Yeah, but he might have gone there as well. No. That could have been a red herring. I... I have no idea. I'm going to guess Peterborough. I'll give you a clue, guys. It involves a really dodgy Spanish advert. Is that going to jog some memories? 
Oh, he went abroad. He did. He went to España to play for... Barcelona. Nearly. Any advances? He was very skillful, Trezor Candle. Could have played for Brazil. Up front. Any any advances? No advance. Are we out? I think we're out. Albacete. They went to Albacete. Never would have got that in a million years. So. Nope. What a great game. Seems we pay more attention to players we, as they're coming in. We definitely do. <laughs> Let's see if I, that... I, I, don't really, I didn't really care where Trezor Candle went. So, signing for the 2008-9 season and playing a disgraceful 14 times for Leeds United. Where did we sign Paul Telfer from? Dun, 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 dun. I'm looking at Max. I've got no chance. Paul Telfer. I'll give you a clue. Telfer came out of retirement for a second time and joined us. On a non-contract basis. Did we sign him from that, a care home? That's the answer. Then. So isn't that the answer? He wasn't playing for anyone. No, nah, but the well, James isn't too far off with his uh, statement of a care home because this was part it, of the country is known. Was for, it a Scottish club? No. Oh, Bournemouth then. Correct. Well done, Matthew. His former teammate Gary McAllister signed him, and he originally came in to try and cover for Fraser Richardson, but that never happened. Now, where did he end up? If anyone gets this, I will buy them a biscuit. Southend. No. A care home. Nearly. Southampton. No. Portsmouth. No. Cardiff. No. I think you're going to have to give us Torquay. No. Exeter. No. Slough Town. Mate, you are crushing it. Dizzy Heights. (laughs) He's gone from Leeds United to Slough Town. That could be another feature. What's the biggest drop down anyone's ever had from Leeds United? On to another defensive howler. Federico Bessoni. Where did we sign this myth from? Now, before we get going, believe it or not, he started his career at Barcelona in the youth ranks. So it shows even they can get it wrong sometimes. Well, they, they got rid of him, so they got it absolutely right, actually. He signed in 2010 from, this, uh, from the club, and we had six games before seeing him shipped out on loan to Charlton. Where did we get him from? Swansea City. Correct. Now, where did he go permanently after Charlton? I feel like he went back to Wales. Go on. Did he actually go back to Swansea? He did, yes. For some reason, Swansea took him back. I, who knows why? Anyway, finally... Have we all enjoyed the game, by the way? It's it's one of those it's one of those games where I think it'll just go down in history as just being unbelievable. Thanks, thanks, James. I thanks. can see you've gone into a lot of effort to do this. It's re- it's good. Well done, Andy. Thanks, thanks, guys. Well, let's finish on a bombshell with maybe the strangest transfer of all time, David Livermore. Now, Livermore spent a total of 10 days as a Leeds United player, not making a single appearance as Kevin Blackwell signed Westlake and Nichols and thought his chances would be limited because of this. I think that says a lot more about David Livermore, don't you? But where did we sign him from for £500,000? Millwall. Millwall. And where did he go for the same fee? Hull. Guys, excelled. What a game. Play the jingle. Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? So we've got a new overlord at the YEP. Any news, Graham? Well, that's it. Have you met him? Because am I correct in thinking you are one of the mysterious mystique on the Leeds United panel? The Leeds United panel, the Yorkshire Evening Post jury, uh, and it's not really mysterious, our names and ages and 
um, addresses are printed in the paper and a photograph of us actually well, next, your next orient- to our sexual your address. Um, well, our <laughs> our location. Oh, yeah, okay, right. for sure. What's so, the Christmas do like? I've never met anybody else on the YEP jury. You and, met Graham. Uh, all of my no, not met Graham. I've no interaction with Graham whatsoever, and uh, everything's done by email. So, would you like to meet Graham? Um, yeah. Shout out Graham. Graham, you're a big fan. You're a big fan. Get in touch. Get in touch. At leads that. At leads that. Great shout out that Matt. Let's see if he uh, comes and joins us. Graham's got big shoes to fill, hasn't he? To fill. <laughs> oh, I didn't even do <laughs> that. But he's uh, coming. Been really active. Made a positive impression with the uh, initial articles that he's done. He's spoken with the uh, started the YEP podcast up with with Joe. It was funny they had to Photoshop his shirt on it. I didn't see that. He was wearing a uh, red check shirt and they dropped the ball and photoshopped it into Leeds United colours. It's like, come on, mate. I think he's got he's got a really tough job. Um, he's coming when social media is at, probably at its peak, maybe, Twitter and stuff. Phil Hay came in, Twitter hadn't even been invented, I don't think. And um, when Phil Hay first started, he wasn't particularly popular with the fan base um, they didn't think that he'd stood up enough to mm. Ken Bates I think that's probably true as well um, so we've got to give him a bit of time he'll get enough abuse so let's uh, let's be let's be nice to him or we just migrate away from the YP onto uh, the Athletic UK which I don't think is the right thing to do but it's the the Athletic UK have certainly been pushing it massively the last week no, I was going to say it's a, even harder carry for Paul Graham now isn't it if yeah. Phil's gone Full time to get paid, probably decent money to do what he was already doing. Bring his following. Has anyone got the athletic? Is it worth a worth a punt? Is it any different to YEP? What's what's the difference? I think it's. Uh, I probably can't articulate it, but it's it's probably more highbrow, a bit more uh, than. Uh, not for me. Well, I mean, I don't mean more highbrow than the YEP. I should. I, I, that's not what I mean at all. How I, many syllables? But it's are not. Each? It's not like your typical clickbait stuff. It's more in-depth articles on subjects, um, as opposed to it just being like a headline. If I were to excessively simplify it, I would say that the YEP is a, a paper, and the Athletic reads more like a magazine. Yeah, that's probably true. the The thing is the sub, the subscription model versus the YEP's free, but spam you with loads of adverts every time you click on a page get an ad blocker <laughs> i think um i think it's interesting to see which which route people will go down i would imagine leeds fans would prefer the free option yeah definitely i'm gonna say who's gonna pay yeah i think we all would wouldn't we if you can afford it the athletic's great yeah. isn't it because you go you go on there and as you say you get in-depth news and you you haven't got to deal with those adverts and you know it's very straightforward but if you can't afford it then but nature at base internet is you're always going to find that information anyway. So he was going to pay two forty nine a month for it when you can just get it anyway. True. Well, I think we've maybe we'd just be grateful that we've got so much stuff to to go through on a weekly basis. It's a wonder any of us will get our jobs done. All the best, Phil. But nightmare decision there, lad. I've paid. Have you paid for the athletic? I've paid for the athletic. More full you. It's free at the minute. It's not free at the minute. First month's free. Yeah, well, I've paid after that. They've had your pants down. I've paid for the athletic as well. Oh my days! Who there's, a, there's, there's another um, journalist on it called Michael Cox. who does like football analysis. He's brilliant, um, and he's trying to set up a division that just talks all about football analysis. Because I think in Europe they talk a lot more in depth about football analysis uh, and tactics. It's really boring that stuff, though, isn't it? Some of it can be really boring. Some of it can be really good. Yeah, I'm going to stick to getting me free stuff. Thanks. <laughs>
Bees bets, bees bets, lose all your cash on bees bets. All right, so in episode one, we explained that we've got a friend uh, in Korea who is renowned for putting on stupid bets um, around the football. Um, and we asked him for some tips. We asked him for a particular um, suggestion for this for a season-long bet that we could keep a track of. Paul, can you give us a quick reminder of what it was that he suggested? Yep, oh. goal scorer accumulator, Bamford 15-plus league goals, Costa 10-plus, Harrison 8-plus, Pablo 7-plus, Shackleton 5-plus, and Ben White 3-plus. And I, I, if you remember, we discussed the fact that he's, as I say, he's renowned for putting on really crap bets. Um, but we actually thought this one was reasonably... Um, plausible, quite likely. We thought it could happen. Um, so we went round the bookies. We tried how many different bookies do we try, Andy? I was looking at new houses. Went to like five different bookies, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. I think we've asked every uh, every bookmaker on the high street, and nobody is willing to um, price this for us or give us the opportunity to put a bet on. So I'm basically, not- the bookies are running scared of Beef. <laughs> they are running scared of Beef, but it also proves that Beef does come up with crap bets because he comes up with bets <laughs> that you can't even put on, and even more. Uh, even more disappointingly, we actually got off to a really good start at Bristol. I think that um, Bamford, Harrison, um, oh, yeah. certainly scored. Tell you, uh, Bucky and Pablo. So we, yeah. <laughs> we were well on our way. We were well on our way. So um, I, th- I think we should keep a keep a check on this one as we go through the season because no doubt they're just crying. To yeah. our, no. Well, if it comes off, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll probably it'll probably win. I was just going to say a footnote. We don't promote gambling in any way. Gamble aware people. Thank you very much. Okay, guys, who fancies another game of Leeds Lists? Oh, get me on that <laughs> now! Okay, so for this game, I've got a list of um, things, I suppose, related to Leeds United. Um, I'm going to ask you all to bid how many of them you think that you could name. Um, whoever go- comes in with the highest bid will be asked to name them. Um, if you fail, we'll go to the person with the second bid. If you get them right, you've won the game. This time around, I've gone with a uh, list in tribute to Salim Lamrani, who we sadly lost from the Leeds United family this uh, this summer. To academia, not yeah, to death. To academia, yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> I, I thought he'd gone because of FFP, to be honest. <laughs> and so here I've got 19 nicknames that Salim Lamrani dished out to Leeds United people. Um last season during his time at the club um, and I would like you to tell me how many of those names you could give me you don't have to tell me which player the nickname relates to so I just want the nickname itself um, and as I say there are 19 of them so I'm going to start with Andy if you can bid how many of the 19 do you think you could give me five five out of 19 James oh god I can't remember these I only remember a handful he actually named one off the back of one of our tweets as well didn't he did he yeah. I missed that one. Maybe there's 20 then. Um, I'm going to go for six. So you've outbid Andy. Paul? Name him. Okay. So it's quite a low bid, I think. That's six out of 19. You've, you've only got, got the to, answers in front of you. <laughs> you've only got to give me the the nickname. You don't have to give me the player. But if you can give me the player, that'd be very impressive as well. I'm definitely not going to get six. I said that thinking Paul was going to swoop in with a 10. <laughs> but there you go. Generous? That's one. Is that, Dallas. And that's Stuart Dallas, yeah. Yeah. I want to say Brave. Brave is is one. Do you know who that was? Is it Berardi? Uh, nope. Was he the... Oh, I'll say later. Hey. Berardi's Lion. Yeah. The lion. That's yep. what I was going to say. <laughs> the one he named after um, a tweet that we put out, which was the save by Kiko Casilla mm-hmm. at Rotherham. I can't remember. <laughs> which is typical, isn't it? The cat. It is the cat, isn't it? No. 
That would be the obvious one. El Cato. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, kind of. El, El Gato. Gato. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I remember now. I think it's probably your go because you got that. So I'm going to go with The Magician. Nope. You're the, out as well. The Brain. The Brain. Who's that? Pablo oh. Hernandez. Pablo Hernandez. This means I actually won. No, I think this means Paul's won. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. I thought if you didn't have the bottle to give a number there, you can't just jump back in. That's, that's the game. That's, 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 the, that's the strategy of it. Let's have a quick uh, let's have a quick rundown of some of the other names and see if you can give me the, the player. So we've got the Warrior. Berardi. Oh, shit. It was originally Berardi, but then he changed to the Lion, and then he gave the Warrior to Kimar Roof. Oh. An easy one for you. El Professor. Mr. Bielsa. Correct. The Talent. Calvin Phillips. Nope. Now Lefters. Kimar Roof. Nope. Janssen. Samu Saez. The example. Liam Cooper. Correct. Usain Bolt. Oh, was this this was Janssen, wasn't it? Yes, Pontus Janssen. I thought you say Michael Tong. Um, the Brave, which James got, that's Gianni Alioski. Um, the Brain, which Paul got, Pablo Hernandez. The Fighter. The Fighter? The Fighter. Um, go on, hit me. Luke Ayling. Oh. The Professional, Barry Douglas. The Strong, bit of an ironic one, this one. Bamford. Correct. The Arrow. <laughs> oh, I remember this one. I laughed at it. Ball, who is it? I think it's because he's good at darts. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong. Will Huffer. No, Jack, Jack. Harrison. Ah. The Unbeatable. Bailey Peacock Farrell. Adam Forshaw. The Pitbull. <laughs> That's Kima Roof. Nope. Uh, We're terrible. The Pitbull, Calvin Phillips. The Sniper. There's a lot of Tyler these. Roberts. Tyler Roberts. Izzy Brown. The Generous. You've got Stuart Dallas. Stuart Dallas. The Lightning. Matthias Click. And the last one, the Tornado. Jamie Shackleton. Well, there you go. So who won? I Paul, won. Paul won that one. How? Because <laughs> James bid six. James you couldn't bid do six. It. Then he I failed. In. You bid three. You failed. I bid Paul five. Didn't I bid, bid five. I named five. You didn't name five. No, I didn't. And you got one wrong. All right. Leave it out. Well done, Paul. Well done, Paul. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Well done. You're very humble well done, in your Paul. victory. Well, uh, I went big last time with the managers and couldn't couldn't finish the job. So this time, I, you just keep quiet, sweeping late. Paul? Because you've won, you get a prize. Oh my days. wonder what this is. Episode one, which match did you say was your first Leeds game? Darlington. Wow. That's special. Tell Darlington them what it is, Paul. 18th of September. It's the match day programme from Darlington League Cup, 18th of September. Just seeing it and holding it oh my God, brings back the memories. I'd like to put a uh, special thank you out for Dave on eBay for uh, selling this to me. So thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Thanks, James, James buying, really. Very kind. Wow. I bet they cost more to post, though, didn't they, than they did to, uh, to chase. I'll come on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so well done to Paul for winning this uh, edition of Leeds Lists. See you all next time. We had some pretty Larry Awakets, haven't we? Who's got the pink one? Uh, well, I don't. My sister bought it. I tried it on. It fit perfectly, which is a bit weird. Do you know what? I'm kind of impartial with a pink kit. I think it's it's all right, but I think there's a, a reason for it all. I think it's rubbish. I'm going to go down the uh, route that Paul took and buy the home keeper shirt. Well, that's what I think is going on, really, when you think about it, is the club have played a, a, a brilliant financial move, haven't they? It's like they've got people excited about a goalkeeper top. So really, there's three kits that are, are selling really well at the moment, as opposed to just two. Yeah, they've had his pants down because I'm definitely going to buy the home kit, even though I'm not interested in it, just because it's a centenary one. And I know for a fact that in 20 years, if I'm still here, I'll look back and be like, 
Why didn't I have the centenary kit? And they've announced that there will be definitely a one-off kit for, I believe, the Birmingham game for the anniversary, the actual and that's, one day. So that will just be a kit that we wear on that one day and we'll never see it again, or will it be a third kit like the yellow one that they brought in last season? I'm of the belief that it's a one-off, one-game wonder that will definitely go in the club shop. And hopefully they get well, enough units. Hopefully they've got their crap kits out of the way and the third the third time lucky. Why don't you like it? Which one? The pinking. It's just rubbish. What's it got to do with Leeds United? It's better than the bloody keeper's shirt. It's like oh, it's a better. It's Holland better. away it's better than a lot Holland of home shirt. Sorry, Holland home shirt, the keeper's away kit. It's better than a lot of kits. It's better than the bin bag and illuminous green kit. It's better than the, yeah. it's better than the beige kit that we had, the diarrhea coloured one. So yeah, it's better than a lot of those kits, but it's still rubbish. They had one job. This is what the club want though, don't they? They don't want someone to be like, eh, it's all right. They blue want and people yellow. to have an opinion on it because it gets people talking about it. Just had to be blue and yellow, didn't it? Yeah. Easy. It's not difficult. The, if you like color, having a kit in colours which is completely different to your club's colours, that's something for Chelsea to do or Manchester United to do. Sheffield United, they're obsessed with random fluorescent kits as their away kits. We're not those clubs. We're a club with a tradition and a heritage and we should be having an all yellow kit or a mixture of yellow and blue for our away kits. Making making the keeper kit blue and yellow means they they feel they've fulfilled that and they obviously is they the ha- yeah but it's the um you know it's like, is it the best selling goalkeeper kit i think it is isn't it i'm not surprised time. because it's the one everybody wants as yeah, the away exactly kit. so that's what they're doing it's it's a revenue driver and it is quite it's you know it's obvious to see what's going on and they shifted the away kit 4000 yeah, exactly, units exactly. record breaking time this week we went to the 100 years of Leeds united book launch bad uh, invite guys thanks for the invite uh, it was on the group. Yeah, we had three tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the book's been written uh, in conjunction with Leeds United by Daniel Chapman, uh, who is from the Square Ball fanzine. And podcast. And podcast, yeah. The fanzine AKA is... Moscow White. The, and the YEP. And the YEP now, yeah. Yeah, he's one of your mates, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sit together on the sports desk. Oh, yeah. No, he's <laughs> not. David. The, he's not oh, on the sports friend, desk. friend. Um, but I... I well, I love uh, the square ball. I think it's uh, fantastic. I've been buying it since the 90s. My dad introduced me to it. I think it's great. And I think um, there's n- there's not a better positioned person to actually write that book as well. I think his point of view on everything is always superb. And his, his um, turn of phrase is fantastic. He's, mm. he's, he's such a good writer. He's a better writer than the amount of writing that he gets to do professionally. So it's great that he's got a proper book and a mm. proper column within the local paper as well. Last night I saw that um, the book was top 40 in the overall UK book chart, which is really, mad. yeah, that's outstanding. Fair play, well done, Moscow. Yeah, but, and the ones that we bought live in person won't count towards that. Yeah, that's true. Didn't get the opportunity. Didn't get an invite. Did any? Has anybody started to have a little flick through? My well, I ordered it. I pre-ordered it direct from Square Ball, and it hasn't arrived yet, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a complaint? Is it, this, is a, this complaint. is an on-air complaint. <laughs> Matt, have you had a chance to have a flick through your copy yet? No, I haven't had a look through it yet, unfortunately. Um, Did you have a look at the pictures? They look like there's some nice pictures in the middle. I like those sort of books. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a great writer. I know what you're saying. All of his articles that he, he writes are fantastic. So I, I assume the, the books had the same treatment. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to get started on it, to be honest with you. It's going to be a good read, I'm sure. Yeah, I've had a, a brief look started and... and it's just the depth that he goes into, the stories. That it, it leaves you wondering, where did he find it all? He wrote the uh, accompanying book to Do You Want to Win, which was the um, 
big documentary film about winning the, uh, well, Howard Wilkinson's time taking us out of the second division into the 92 title. And um, that was excellent as well. So I'm sure it's uh, of the same high standard. And lots of, you know, some of the, we went to the launch the other night and some of the stories that he was telling in that from the very early days of Leeds United were fascinating. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good to get a bit more knowledge about our history. I showed my dad the book and uh, he his dad took him to Ellen Road as a young boy in the early late 50s, early 60s, and it's a great book because you can just pick it up, go to the time period that you want you, and uh, have a flick through and, and just reference your memories. One of the uh, signings that we made over the summer that I was most delighted about wasn't a player. It was Bryn Law being announced as the new commentator on LUTV. Um That'll be a massive step up in LUTV's coverage because he is a fantastic commentator. Did anybody see the um, reveal video that they did on social media? Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I, I, I gave him big licks last time, but the stuff that Leeds are doing socially is fantastic. And Give him more big licks. How far shall I go? <laughs> uh, I, 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 big licks. I'm feeling <laughs> old right now. Mad props. <laughs> Mandem was killing it on social medias. And uh, no, I, I think that uh, Leeds are doing great on that. Respect Digital Wilson and the team there. Um, the the quality of the videos has improved massively as well. Um, so fair play to them and keep keep up the good work. They played a short clip of some goal commentary in that reveal video for Bryn Law on uh, the Leeds United social media. Did any of you recognise the clip? Uh, is it one of yours? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I recognised it because... Um, Hang on, have they plagiarised you? Have they bastardised you, bastardising Bryn Law? No, it's definitely definitely a BBC, nothing to do with me. Um but yeah, when I was a kid, I got to Elland Road maybe um, once or twice a season with my dad. I think two twice a season was our kind of standard attendance. And the rest of the time I was sat at home in North Yorkshire listening to it on Radio Leeds. Bryn Law was the commentator when I first started listening to it. Um, and he was just brilliant. Absolutely loved it. He was quite funny, laid back. He'd be with Norman Hunter, so they'd be having a laugh. Um, and we could just about get Radio Leeds where we lived in North Yorkshire. You used to have to get the uh, radio with the aerial right up against the window and it had kind of a high-pitched hiss, but you could still make out what was going on wherever Leeds were playing, whether it was at Elland Road or somewhere else in the country. Um, and because I used to love it when the goals went in and Bryn Law would go mental quite frequently when the when the when uh, when Leeds scored, um, I used to record the games on a cassette so that afterwards I could listen back to it. And I've kept those cassettes because I'm one of those people who just keeps everything. Uh, and I thought that, given that they'd used that clip, which I uploaded to YouTube um, maybe 15 years ago now. It's a um, miracle we've all got wine, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> this to, is tragic. To be absolutely fair to me, I was 10 years old at the time, so I think that I can get a pass on this. But You've, you've um, kept it? Yeah, I kept, kept the box of cassettes. Um, very rarely go back to it, but I thought that this particular clip that they used on the um, uh, on the social media was from Tony Bowe's famous goal at Wimbledon which I think was third in uh, that season's goal of the season competition on match of the day and his other goal at Liverpool actually won it Um, and I thought I'd try and dig around and see if I could find the actual tape of that game and I did Uh, and I thought I'd listen back to it and um, have you got it see what happened yeah so I thought we could uh, we could play a few of the few of the clips from that Um, and actually it was quite a it was a really, really good game. It's only really remembered for that goal, I guess, but it was actually, a lot happened in that game. Does anybody remember the score? Wimbledon or Liverpool? Wimbledon. 3-2, was three, wasn't it? I thought it was 4-2. 4-2, yeah, 4-2. I fell asleep before the fourth. And there was actually another wonder goal in the in the, um, in the the match. Um, the opening goal was 
a really, really, really good goal. Any other time, it would have been um, it would have been the best goal of the game. Was it um, by David Batty's replacement? <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Do you remember who it was by? Daddy Longlegs himself, Carlton Palmer. It was Carlton Palmer scored the opening <laughs> goal of that game, uh, and here it is. Gary McAllister on the edge of the penalty area. Kelly McAllister rather brings the ball to this near side, then plays it square for Carlton Palmer through the middle. Palmer. Up towards the edge of the box again for Leeds United now. Running parallel, in fact, with the edge of the box. Waiting for some support, maybe wide. Beasley's out there if he wants him. Carl Palmer still in possession. Fires goalwards! Oh, Carlton Palmer produces a wonder finish and a wonder goal for Leeds United. He held on, he held on, he held on. He had a look and popped back of the net. And Carlton Palmer showing that it's not only Tony Eboa who can produce the moments of magic in the Leeds United shirt these days. That's an absolute cracker. That is brilliant. Like Paul uh, whispered off mic there that um, he preempted a, a, a Tony Eboa classic as well. He did. Um, so that was the last time that anybody other than Eboa scored in a Leeds shirt that day. Eboa scored the next three goals for Leeds and he, um, he scored to put us 2-0 up. McAllister edge of the penalty area back to Palmer through the middle now Palmer chance of a shot again maybe what plays the ball into Dean low crossing from Dean far post Tony Eboa meets it and that's a beautiful finish and Tony Eboa can run across to the adoring masses on the far side and there's that now familiar little dance and jig of delight from the Ghanaian and Leeds are having something of a field day so Leeds are 2-0 up and as Bryn says having something of a field day but once we're having a field day, we've got to let the other team into it. That's the uh, unwritten law of Leeds, that. Um, so Wimbledon <laughs> scored uh, a goal to come back. And it's worth saying that this is how exciting this game was. So has just scored to put us 2-0 up. I think it was two or three minutes later this happened. Leeds have a great chance to win this one now. But Wimbledon coming forward. They have a corner far side and they pull the goal back as well. So an immediate response for Wimbledon. Corner coming in towards the near post. Flick on from Vinnie Jones and Dean Holdsworth, I think, the man coming in to meet that one there. A cluster of Wimbledon players up to meet it. And Wimbledon suddenly strike right back at the other end. And that, I suppose, the perfect response. We've got quite a game on our hands. Bloody Dean Holdsworth. Yeah, Dean Holdsworth. And as I say, this is all happening in quite a short period of time. And what I hadn't remembered um, when I was looking back into this game, from the kickoff uh, after that Wimbledon goal, Tony Bower had a shot. Uh, go on YouTube and check out the highlights of this game. It's on there from Match of the Day. Barry Davis is commentating on the TV pictures. Um, and yeah, they take the kickoff and Yeboa just has a shot from the halfway line and it just goes over the bar. Only just, in fact, on the commentary, Bryn Law thinks it's a corner. He thinks that the keeper's tipped it over the over the bar. It's absolutely outrageous. But again, you've completely forgotten that it happens. And then maybe 40 seconds after that, it's the goal, the Yeboa Wimbledon goal. And this is probably one of my favourite pieces of commentary ever. So Leeds suddenly have to stop thinking about a two-goal advantage and get back into work. Yeboa comes forward for now. Oh, what a goal from Tony Yeboa. Oh, that's tremendous stuff. The Ghanaian has pulled out an absolute peach here at Sellers Park. Two touches and he hammers it into the roof of the net. 30 yards out. It gets better and better and better. And he is a genius. Tony Aboa, 3-1 Leeds. My hairs are genuinely standing yeah, up on end. It's ridiculous. I was going to say that. Wow. That's how good, that's how good Bryn Law was. He used to really get into it. And he's not even a Leeds fan. He's a Wrexham fan. Um, but he's he, a Leeds fan now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got, definitely got a soft spot for Leeds. But um, so alongside Bryn was Norman Hunter. And um, if you listen back to the uh, commentary of this game, Norman Hunter, because he was a defender, presumably, 
even though we're scoring these great goals and we're 3-1 up, he's just upset about the fact that we might be conceding more goals. He does concede in this next clip that it's a good goal and he says um, it absolutely screamed in. Um, And then after Norman's given his sort of summary of the goal, it, it cuts back to Bryn and Bryn's still just as excited as he was, you know, 30 seconds before when the goal first went in. Great goal, it came out to him. He must have been 30 yards out. It came to him, he took it on his thigh, he reckoned to volley it, took it inside one of the players, and as he carried on, he must have been about 20 yards out, or even a little bit further, hit it on the half volley, and it absolutely screamed in. Now let's see if we can hold this two-goal advantage and not let Wimbledon get back into it. Well, I'm afraid there's one or two people looking at me at the press box as if I've gone mad, and basically I have gone mad. That was fantastic. What a shot, what a goal. Wimbledon come forward, 3-1. Tremendous game, four goals inside the first period. And those Leeds fans again, dance, dance, dance on the far side. What nostalgia. I, I am with you at the start of this, but this is bringing back some wonderful, wonderful childhood. Matt, Matt, thanks for this. This is brilliant. It's, 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 what, what is amazing to me is when you when you hear these as well, you see everything, don't you? I, I don't know what it is, but it's just it attaches all that emotion of the game. You see the players in their white shirts. You see uh, the, the actual shape of the goal. You know that feeling when, when uh, Yeboa hammered the ball in? It was almost like it was going to stick in that corner, wasn't it? It was, it was unbelievable. I'm just going through my uh, me sticker book. It's just reminding me. It's bringing back everything. It's Corinthian figures. It's sticker books. It's childhood. It's beautiful. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing is that radio commentary is probably my second favourite way to enjoy football. Obviously, being at the match is the best thing. Um, but I, I think radio is better than TV. It's much more atmospheric. Um, you can get really involved in it. You know, close your eyes. You can hear the commentator and how what things are going on in, in your ears. And I've, I've not really watched that much um, football on TV um, because... When I when I was obviously when I was a kid, as I was saying, we didn't have Sky. I used to listen to Radio Leeds, and then as soon as I was old enough, I started going to the games. So the number of games that I've watched on TV is very very small. Um, so radio, um, I'm kind of a bit um, disappointed that I'm going to the games because I'd love to listen to Bryn talking about you know Leeds United in 2019, 2020. For me, I think nostalgia is such a wonderful thing that you, if you could bottle it and sell it, wow! But the I'll put it on a podcast. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed, but. <laughs> Listen, for me, it's the listening to the Norman Hunter bits and just remembering how good it was to listening to Norman Hunter. And yeah. I know I get what you're saying about like being at the game is unbeatable, but listening to Norman Hunter, when he changed, sometimes you you follow people as much. So it's that experience because it was never the same again for me. And some people don't sell it in the same way. And you feel like you're at the game with them watching. Norman Hunter for me is, was a, the best summariser for Leeds United, for Radio Leeds. And um, they've advertised for LUTV that it's going to be Bryn and the legend. Now I think it was Ben Parker in the first game. But I'm really hoping that for one game, mm. Norman Hunter rocks up again on the gantry at Elland Road and it's uh, Bryn and Norman back together. If that happens, there's a chance I might not go to the game. <laughs> I might just sit home and listen to it. So we went in at halftime, 3-1 up. And um, second half, not quite as eventful as the first half, but there's still more goals to be had. Um, typically Leeds couldn't hold on to that two goal advantage um, and Wimbledon came back to make it 3-2 Wimbledon have the free kick just inside the Leeds half Cunningham will take it for them Yeboah standing the regulation 10 yards away into the edge of the penalty area into the penalty area indeed and the ball towards a far post and Fia steps in there to head back head past John Lukic into the back of the net 
And we really have got a game on our hands again, haven't we? Bryn sounds disappointed in that clip, doesn't he? Yeah, he's disappointed, but it won't last for too long because um, 10, 15 minutes later, Tony Eboa is back in front of goal um, and he scores. And what's quite interesting in this one is Bryn's having a bit of a laugh now. He's, um, you know, he's, he's had his enjoyment and he uh, he's poking a bit of fun at Tony Eboa's goal scoring record. Towards the edge of the penalty area, Masinga now into the penalty area, takes it away from one marker and a second and a low cross in comes back for Yaboa. Tony Yaboa rounds off yet another marvellous day for the Ghanaian who is becoming a legend in his own lifetime at Ellen Road now. That one was easy though, that was just a simple half volley from inside the penalty area. That's a boring Tony Yaboa goal, another hat-trick, what more do we say? Wimbledon 2 leads 4. And that, that was how it finished, but not before... Carlton Palmer had returned to type. So he scored this wonderful goal at the start of it. And I think Howard Wilkinson said after the game that Carlton Palmer was didn't know whether to laugh or cry about the fact that Yeboah had stolen all the headlines with a much better goal than his admittedly um, excellent strike. Um, but before the end of the game, it really should have been 5-2. Um, but then this happened. Leeds still going forward. Palmer suddenly let in. And Carlton Palmer's in a one-on-one with Heald. Can he round it off now? Palmer goes past Heald. Still Carlton Palmer. Goal was over the crossbar from Carlton Palmer. He'll never have a better chance. Welcome to Leeds United. Play your players right. We've got returning champion Matt. Come back to defend his crown. How are you feeling? A little bit nervous, actually. So just as a quick reminder, what I'll do is I'll give you a player, tell you how many appearances they made, give you a little few cheeky facts about them, and then when I tell you the next player, I want you to write down and know whether you think they've made more or less appearances. At the end, you can tell me what the theme was. So last time... Oh, you're was, not going to give us the theme up front this time? Oh, no. I know. Is it Leeds United players? Uh, there's a the, sub-theme. There is a sub-theme. That's the, that's the main theme. Let's We're go all substitutes. Ooh. Not that type of sub-theme. Oh, okay. So, starting off with Aaron Lennon, who made uh, 38 appearances for Leeds United, went on to make 361 Premier League appearances thus far for Spurs, Burnley and Everton, and 21 appearances for the England national team. Now, what I want to know is, did Alex Mowat make more or less appearances, higher or lower than Aaron Lennon? Alex Slower, am I right? (laughs) But the question is, Andy... Did he make more or less appearances than Aaron Lennon? He made more. James? I'm saying more. I'm saying more as well. Correct. He made 116 appearances. That's way more than I thought it would be. It's a big number, isn't it? Yeah. You didn't let us guess how many we thought. How many do you think he made? I'm going to go 116. (laughs) (laughs) Mate. (laughs) So Alex Moat played 116 times for Leeds United. Fabian Delph, higher or lower than Alex Moat? And how many... Or a bonus point, do you think he made? Start with James this time. I'm going to say lower. Do you want the number as well? Go for it. Uh, 46. Andy? Less. 56. Matt? This one's a, this, I, I think this one's a tough one. I think it's a lot closer than that. I've also gone lower, but I've only only by a few. I've gone 91. So you, you look back, you think those 91 wonderful appearances that... Fabian Delph made because it felt like we were probably chanting Fabian Delph's not for sale for 91 games if not more sadly it was less it was 49 wow yeah Fabian Delph's gone on to be a two-time Premier League winner two-time played 20 times for England 169 Premier League appearances have just secured a move to Everton this summer now this one James Milner 
I've worked out the theme. What's the theme, Andy? They all played in the Leeds United Academy. Woohoo! Bonus point for Andy. Boom! So, James Milner, did he um, play more times or less times? Fun fact about James Milner is that he was one of the uh, a crop of players who was the last winners of the Intertoto Cup with Newcastle in a season whereby they played games in the Intertoto Cup and there were 11 winners and then they moved into the UEFA Cup and they were the, declared the overall winners because they were the, went the furthest in the UEFA Cup. So Why do you know so much about Newcastle? I know so much about James Milner, actually. Um, he also won two Premier League titles, one FA Cup, one League Cup and one Champions League but did he play more or less times for Leeds United than Fabian Delph? Matt? I've gone for lower. By how many? Not many. I've gone to, for 46. So I've, I've gone for three less. I've gone lower. And I've gone for 27. I'm going higher. Ooh. And I'm going 62. The correct answer is lower. And he played 48. Oh. One, one game less. If So technically, if Fabian Delph hadn't come back for that unsuccessful loan spell... Mm. James Miller actually played more as a contracted Leeds United player. Moving on, Lewis Cook. Oh. Did he play more or less times for Leeds United than James Milner? This is really depressing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's depressing it's, and it's also hard. I also didn't want to do this the first time we did the game because yeah. I thought, leave that one. Yeah. Leave that fun one. Yeah, after talking about the Derby game going into this, I think we wouldn't be doing a second pod, would we? Did Lewis Cook play more or less times than James Milner? Andy. More, 52. James? I'm saying more as well, 55. I've got more, 51. It is more, 80. 80 games Lewis Cook played for Leeds United. We were blessed. Final one then, Sam Byram, having just scored a dream move to Norwich City. But did he play more or less times for Leeds United than Lewis Cook? Lewis Cook was 80, right? Lewis, Lewis Cook was 80. Sam Byram, more or less... Sam Byram's had an injury plague time at West Ham and uh, probably even worse at Nottingham Forest last year. But he did... Which which manager did he impress under? I'll give you a clue. These were the games that we played on the tour. Wait. Tavistock, Bodmin Town and Torquay United. Which manager did he impress? Colin, wasn't it? It was Colin on our... Well, the, the story about that goes that Neil Warnock was short of a right-back in training and went down to the um, academy and said, give us a right-back. Need a right-back for this training game. They sent Sam Byron and was like, oh, it's all right, this fella. It's worked out all right for him, hasn't it? I discovered him. Didn't they all play sleepover at Sharon's as well? This is getting strange. Did Sam Byron play more or less times for Legion 8 than Lewis Cook, Andy? More, 112. James? Less, 72. More, higher, 122. It's his higher, he played 130. So, total pure numbers. Let's see. The total appearances by those... Academy stars. I'm rubbish at maths, mate. Not including Aaron Lennon's 38. Oh, yeah. I think my total was 346. Your total guess was 368, Matt. 368. 412. The winner this week. And new champion is Mr. Andy, who is closest because those players played 423 depressing times. For Leeds United before moving on to... Other than I'd say Sam Byron, it was pretty much... The times they played for Leeds weren't depressing. It's the times they didn't play for Leeds that were depressing. It's true. It was those uh, sad goodbyes. Before we move on from this segment, Andy, you win a prize. (gasps) Oh! What have I got? So in the episode one, you said 
the first ever Leeds match you went to was? Leeds versus Grimsby. You've won a match day programme <gasps> from Leeds versus Grimsby. Wow. There it's you like go. you knew I was going to win. That's amazing. There you go, mate. Nice. Enjoy it. Is it signed? Will you sign it, please, he's James? Actually, he's actually got the programme in his hands in a nice sleeve. Clear. There you go, mate. Why are all the pages stuck together? <laughs> Thanks, James. You're welcome, mate. Congratulations. Congrats, Andy. Who's in the shop? Who's in the shop? Who's been in Nathan's coffee shop? Right, let's get off to start here. Nathan, apologies. We uh, we all gave you some stick last time saying that what a bombing feature it was, blah, blah, blah. Going, what's he giving us here? We know nothing. And he called out about that interkid, Dolan, didn't he? Nolan, Dolan. <laughs> Nolan, yeah. Whatever he's called. One of the, the sisters, he called her out. Saying that she's going to sign for Leeds from Inter Milan so well done there. And she did, didn't she? Well, she nearly did, but she ended up going to kill Marnikoff from it odd. But it, in fairness to kid, he got it right. So A month ago, that was uh, brand new news. That was good information, wasn't it? Yeah, and we slammed him. So, do you know what? Let's go back to the coffee shop. Let's see what our boys got us, yeah? Hi, guys. Hope you're well. Unfortunately, uh, another quiet few weeks of reporting for you. Not a lot of people kicking about at the moment. In, uh, in football terms, the uh, only f- couple of people I've seen around, uh, first was Jay Mooney. He came past us uh, about, a, about a week ago. He was out and about in the city centre with someone else from Leeds. He walked past, thought he was going to pop him, gave him the eyes, but obviously it didn't work. He uh, ended up coming past about 10 minutes later with a Cafe Nero cup in his hand. So, yeah, a bit disappointing, but that's uh, something I'm... Something I'll have to work on. Maybe drop a quick email to the club. Other than that, one from today was uh, Helder Costa after the game. Um, he's uh, he's staying in the hotel, so uh, that's uh, something I've um, I've been told in the past is that the club have got a pretty good agreement with in terms of housing new players. So uh, that must be where he's staying just for now until he gets housed properly. But uh, yeah, other than that, we're uh, we're pretty quiet. The season's back though, so fingers crossed it might get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more interesting over the next few weeks. But other than that, take care, and I'll speak to you all soon. So, should we change the feature to who's walked past? No, might who's be slim, near? slim pickings. Slim pickings at the moment. All right. Well, fingers crossed we'll revisit this feature, and Nath will be giving the glorious people of Leeds United flat whites all season. So thanks ever so much for everyone who's been in touch with us. It's genuinely, genuinely appreciated. We had some uh, cracking messages, one from uh, Australia in particular, which is really, really nice. Yeah, it's been great getting the feedback from people. Um, it's great to see. But I tell you what, I'd, I'd love to get some feedback on what you think is good, what you think is crap. Just let us know because we want to, we're enjoying it. Are you? We want to get better. So just do let us know what you like, what you don't like, and we'll we'll read it, we'll ignore it, and keep doing what we're doing. And how can they get in touch with us, James? Well, at the minute, we've actually got a, a prize draw giveaway uh, and one lucky person can win a bunch of Leeds memorabilia. We'll be adding one new item every month and we're looking to announce the uh, prize draw winner uh, towards Christmas. And maybe we'll do a Christmas special podcast. I don't know, it's a bit too early to think about that. But this month, going into the pot is a... What is it, Andy? I tell us. I, I, I can't. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I did ask the question as to why you're putting this in here because I think it's bloody brilliant. I agree. Why would you get rid of this? Idiocy. So, Paul, tell them what it is. 
It's an unopened original Tony Eboa Corinthian figure. Oh, why am I giving it away? Yeah, it's a proper, proper collector's item. I, I literally don't know why you're giving it away, to be honest. I know it says 96p on it. Does that, is that right, the price? Yeah, ignore the price. But we'll um, we'll post some pictures on social media, uh, which if you just have a look for Leeds, that, and you should find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and to enter, you can uh, submit your name and email address at leedsthat.com. 96p is £1.81 in today's money. It's worth at least... I reckon it's Double. worth... No, I reckon if if you were going to be a mercenary and take it, I hope it goes to a loving home, but if you do win this, I reckon you get 50 quid for it. 50? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got oh. a friend who repaints figures, and uh, if they're in original packaging, they're worth at least 40 quid more. How does he repaint them through the original packaging? Well, he doesn't. He don't buy the original <laughs> packaging, does he? All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Podcast Network.